0: I've got it. Well, here we go, folks. We're having a lot of fun with a little bit of technical difficulty, but welcome to Inside Middle Tennessee on an absolutely wonderful September day. It's nice out there.
1: I'll tell you, it's beautiful. It's been in the low 80s. It's going to be all weekend. Maybe a little rain tomorrow, about 50%, but beautiful. It's fall weather already.
0: A little bit of low humidity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I tell you what, it is nice. And typical of the fall, we have stuff that's going on in Columbia all over the place. Already I have been uh, asked to uh, announce that Harvest Share is having a food giveaway at 9 o'clock tomorrow at the Murray Hills Church. They are giving away a tractor-trailer load full of food.
1: I think, I believe it was two tractor-trailer trailer load.
0: Well, I know it's 26 pallets.
1: Oh, that's okay.
0: And that's a lot. That's a fifty-three foot tractor trailer load or something like that. But it's a lot of food, and it's going to begin at nine o'clock tomorrow morning at Murray Hills Church. And it's very, you know, probably will last all the two hours. And it's always Mm -hmm. a a big deal. You know, it's good to good to do for the folks that need that food. Folks, we've got a. I say we got a house full. We we do have pretty much a full crew. We do want to acknowledge that both Sarah. Elizabeth and Sheila are both out and all the fouls say is for medical reasons. Uh, each, there we one go. Of them, each one of them has a different re- medical deal, but we'll see them. I'm sure next week they're on that,
2: injured reserve.
0: They're on. Yeah, you're right. They're on, they're on. IR.
1: They're on IR, and we they're miss on, them very much. At, at
0: that's our, right. And, and we we hope, uh, and particularly Sheila, we hope that she's mm-hmm. going under the knife. We hope that she, she is well already. In fact, come to think of yeah, it,
1: she'll be pitching in another thirty days. Yeah, she'll be back pitching.
0: That's right. You know. So anyway, I, I'm Jim Ross. I'm kind of I say I'm co-host along with my friends in. here. We got Terry Wilcox on the board. Hey. Representative Scott Sapicki. Good morning, everybody. We got a, a guest, our our regular guest, Butch Patton with the Columbia Grit Iron Club. Good morning. And the good Reverend Jeff Kane, who occasionally stops by and pays us a visit. You know, but he's without his four legged friend. I have a feeling he's lost.
3: A little bit. He's just Mary not. Susan had to cross me over the street. Yeah, yeah. Hand, so. yeah. So, so it's good to be yeah. here without a dog. Thanks for welcoming. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not Reverend King. It's the guy with the dog. Well, yeah. <laughs> without all that dog hair stuck to you. <laughs> and we got
0: Coach James Dickinson in the other room, but I'm sure we'll be getting him in here in a minute. Yeah, but Jeff, man. you got a little
3: something coming up that you want to announce. It's always a fun little event. So yes. what, what we got? Calling all those uh, keg throwers, beer celebration, boxer rocks, groupies, come down to the fourth. Fourth annual Oktoberfest, a fundraiser for our Room in the Inn mission. We've been at it seven years now, and that's a huge fundraiser for us. And we are having the second annual Wiener Dog Race. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> we've got, uh, like, Kentucky Derby, we got the cages they go out, and we got eight places for <laughs> Wiener Dogs. Now, they can't be like mine, Black Labs or anything, but they have to be Wiener Dogs. So the second annual, come on down and win that. And we've got... Uh, the date. The good question. Two weeks from tonight, and I hope we have a day just like this, two weeks from tonight, 6 to 10 at Riverwalk. And uh, everybody's invited to join us, and $40 will get you all the craft beers you want, and um, other activities. uh, Again, we're going to have the Stein holding contest, and the keg throw, keg roll, a lot of good food trucks and things, a lot of good celebrations, a nice evening. And we packed it out last year, and thanks to the city, they're letting us use it. And we're just celebrating Room in the Inn that we serve those families in transition that don't have a place to stay on a cold night.
0: Is there a limit on tickets?
3: No. Go online to roomintheinncolumbia.co the and order your tickets now, Eventbrite. All we'll right, room at the Inn, Inn,
0: Columbia Columbia Dot, dot, co, dot co, co, not co not, not
3: not com, but dot co. Yeah, dot co. That's our webpage. And they can get you on Eventbrite and all that good stuff. Okay. Yeah.
1: And it's the 29th.
3: Correct. Two weeks okay. from tonight, six o'clock to ten. And you say you got the Box of Rocks will be there? They're back this year again. All right, a great, a great draw. Yeah, so everybody us, loves them. For us guys and gals that come from <laughs> the, that, oh, that era. Yeah. So um, that remember Bob Seger and the Beatles and uh, <laughs> Grand Funk Radio and all that good stuff. All that good stuff. All that good stuff. So we would be honored. Last year, we had crowds. that w- They were parked across the bridge and had to walk in. So we hope the same kind of crowd comes out and supports us. All the money goes t- uh, to help shelter Families of Marie County. As we we'll
0: you know, say, talk a little bit about room in the end, and how long you've been going in, where it is, and all. Tell, tell us a little bit about. Thank it.
3: you. Seven years ago, I noticed that there was a need for people in transitions or evictions or had lost their way in life and needed a place to stay. So I started at my church, Westminster. We soon transitioned out of there and went to the Columbian Motel where we've been. It's not on Nashville Highway. Correct. Okay. And we've been there. We have uh, sometimes up to 10 rooms for people, mainly families with children. Right now, we're housing 16 children with uh, eight, nine parents who are working, trying to make ends meet. Our goal is to transition folks in that situation to their own home ownership, their own stability, and the American dream to have their own place.
0: Yeah. In other words, this is not, you're not trying to be a place of permanency for any particular people. You do want them to give them some skills and help them transition and move on so they can be self-sufficient. Exactly.
3: Deadlines, expectations, church on Sunday. We have a Wednesday night meal. We've just added tutoring for children who are in the program, who um, need extra help after school with reading and things to get the families up to grade with education and reading and uh, mathematics and everything else because they've, again, due to circumstances beyond their control, they've lost time in school, they've been moving and in and out. So we've added that program as well. And we do this, Jerry, all by volunteers. There's no administrative overhead. Even the dog is free. A bit <laughs> free it's, licks. Yeah, dog and pony show. <laughs> there we go. And our goal now: we have a benefactor purchased a church for us, and our board came up on Maple Ash, and we we're calling it Grace House. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we get the final survey done and another codes, we'll be able to have four rooms in that beautiful rural place on Maple Ash between Tom Hitch, Tom Hatch, Hitch. Uh, that was Tom Hitch. Hitch. I'm still learning here, it's all right. East Columbia so we'll have our own resident place away from some of the crowds or interferences that we've encountered in a motel and really pour Jesus into these people and love and expectations and hopefully shorten that time of transition that we can just pour into them four rooms with a laundry facilities a kitchen family centers, counseling, mental health workers. We've got a reading specialist for the children now. So we really want to expand that so that the children, as well as the adults, have working skills, uh, therapy skills. They've been traumatized. The women, I've got a note in my pocket this morning, Jerry, a woman having a baby got evicted and her husband abandoned her. So where does she go? Yeah. There's no place to go to lay her head, So we always have a waiting list and we're hopeful that with this grace house and then maybe down the road, get into some other homes and things that we, that's part of our dream. But we have a board of directors, wonderful group of people. And uh, this Oktoberfest was given to us by the late Steve Porter mm-hmm. of Asgard's. Mm-hmm. And he started it along with Converalis and helped us get started. And the, and the craft brewers have stepped up. The community has stepped up box of rocks, all these other supporters and sponsors and has helped us tremendously to raise money. And, raise the need uh, for this issue. And it's not again, like you said, it's not the people on the corners with cardboard boxes and things. Yeah, it's people that look just like you and me. All
0: right. Now, Jeff, if people want to call and maybe make a donation or help out, is there a phone number or or do they need to go to a web to the
3: website or whatever? They can call Jeff Kane at 303 916 9688. That's my personal cell phone. Or stop by Westminster Presbyterian Church and just drop off gifts of any kind, canned goods. We're really short on food now or extra clothes. We're getting ready for winter. Um, well, I know where you can get some food tomorrow. Yes. Well, thank you. I'm glad I, I didn't know about this. We do. We'll send our people there. They There's just, 26 yeah. pallets full of it. Yeah. 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 And we, they can go on our webpage that I just said co and give that way as well online. But, okay. Um, the church is always there, and we're already open. If they want to stop by and pray or visit with me or have me meet them, I'd be glad to, or other okay. volunteers. All right. Last pitch. Two weeks from now, Riverwalk. September 29th, two weeks from tonight. Six to ten. At, yep. Come on down. Tickets are? $40 for the craft beer and $10 just to get in and walk around and enjoy a box of rocks and buy some food and see the, the races. How many times, Jerry, have you been to a wiener dog race? How many craft brewers? Uh, We're up to nine now. Hopefully add one more. Oh, really? All local. One out of town. All local. Yeah. So support our local economy. There you go. Come down and see some – and great some people. Food trucks, I said. Watch people – uh, guys and gals throw kegs. When's the last time you've that? <laughs> that could be pretty frightening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We have the Vikings from Asgard's are going to supervise it. So Uh-oh. no one will get out of hand or they'll, you know, make sure they do it right. Yeah. And then if you don't want to throw them, Jerry, you can roll them. We'll have a contest. We have a contest for everybody. That's all right. Now, and, and the website? co. There you go, folks. All right, folks.
0: Two weeks from now. Thank you. And that's what we've we, we've got, Butch. Yes, sir. You got anything with the Columbia Gridiron Club going on?
2: Well, we travel down uh, US 43, make the short trip to a familiar yet unfamiliar region, foe Lawrence County. Uh, <laughs> they uh, they were yeah. out of the region, but now are back in the region, and uh, so we'll be traveling uh, south to see those uh, to. Battle of the Wildcats tonight. We encourage all of the Lion uh, Nation traveling south to do so at or below the posted speed limit on uh, U.S. 43. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Another another local game will be there tonight, uh, well, f- uh, further south, Lawrence County. I know uh, Loretta and Lewis County will be playing. But uh, Oh, that'll be a big game. That'll be a big game. But, uh, yeah, Lions, we, we we lost a back-and-forth game last week to Shelbyville. Lost a close one, 29-27. A very exciting game. Uh, you know, the Lions, they're they're improving every week. Uh, don't think they've completely hit their stride yet, so we're hoping for a big night tonight against the Wildcats. They're not out of the playoffs yet, are they? No. Shelbyville was just uh, the opening region game, huh. so still have, uh, I think, five region games left to play. Okay. So,
0: Lawrence County got a good record?
2: I believe Lawrence County is 2-2. Two and two. Uh, The big challenge tonight will be they have a pretty good running attack. So... Our defense better come prepared to play and uh, stop the run tonight. So, and, uh,
0: Y'all got any fundraising events going on? Well,
2: still have our raffle going on, uh, selling tickets. The drawing for the four cash prizes will be September 29th uh, at the Spring Hill uh, football game that we'll be hosting over at Lindsay Nelson Stadium. So tickets are still available. I have some today. Uh, you can reach out uh, through uh, either of our social media accounts, Columbia Lions Football on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, If you haven't purchased your tickets, uh, we would love to to have you purchase a ticket and uh, have a chance to win one of four cash prizes totaling $10,000. Money goes to support uh, the football program at Columbia Central.
0: Yeah. Good. Yep. Good deal. Everybody come out tonight. It's going to be a great night. Yep. It's going to be dry and it's going to be cool. Yep. So (laughs) fall is in the air. Yes, sir. Scott, we got about three or four minutes, but of course we can always come back.
4: Let's, let's take the break. We'll come back.
0: I would say we can always come back and, and do a little bit of that. But I tell you what, folks, uh, we will take a break and we'll be right back with Inside Middle Tennessee.
3: Caledonian Financial is a full-service family financial planning firm. What we mean by that is we will work with young clients, assisting them with budgeting and Roths, young families with college planning, life and disability insurance, older clients as they bring in 401k rollovers and seek advice for estate and tax planning. And finally, our elderly clients when it comes to the distribution phase of their retirement plan and long-term care options. This is Daisy Cook with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities
0: and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated, member
3: FINRA and SIPC.
5: This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley, and you're listening to 101.7
2: WKOM Columbia.
3: Three, two, one.
2: This is Sarah Elizabeth and you're listening to Inside Middle Tennessee on Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM.
3: Where were you when the world stopped turning
5: on that September day? Were you in the yard Your wife and children were working on some stage in LA. Did you stand there in shock at the sight of that black smoke rising against that blue sky? Did you shout out in anger and fear for your neighbor, or did you just sit down and cry? Did you weep for the children who lost their dear loved ones Pray for the ones who don't know. That you rejoice
0: for the people who walk from the rubble and sob for the ones left below. There you go, Scott.
4: You know, as, as we, as we I guess, celebrate or remember uh, 9-11 that happened, uh, September 11th. Celebrate
0: the glory and remember
4: the tragedy. You know, some of people think that that was probably the last time that our country was truly united. Mm-hmm. Was truly reunited, and and you saw, um, you know that day unfold, and we all remember where we were. There are those mm-hmm. seminal moments in people's lives that they remember where they were. Remember, where, my mom and dad remember where they were when they got the news when news when Pearl Harbor was attacked. Uh, they got the news. Well, that
0: is our generation's Pearl, right. Pearl Harbor. They
4: watched uh, mm-hmm. people watched and remember where they were when the man walked on the moon. Mm-hmm when JFK was assassinated. I remember, when J- when, I remember where I was when JFK was shot. When the Berlin <laughs> Wall came down, right? These are seminal moments in history that not only do people in the United States remember where they were, but people in the world remember where they were because that moment in time changed the world. And it's forever changed the world. It's changed the world and how we deal with terrorism. It's how we deal with, you know, uh, uh, dealing with those countries in the world that wish to do other people harm and and... But it brought our country together, and I remember uh, it was during the playoffs, if you remember, the baseball playoffs. I was going to ask you, Scott, where were you? Uh, I was in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. I was a service manager at a Ford dealership down there. I was in the back shop when I heard someone say a plane hit the World Trade Center. And what we all thought was, oh, man, how in the world did that happen, right? Yeah. How, how could a, how could you not see it, Right. And I remember walking up and I was walking into the lobby and everybody was watching it, and I turned and I look at the TV camera, the the, the the television, and I saw the second plane hit the building. And it got now, this is a big dealership, right? And it got eerily quiet. And about 30 minutes later, it, where I was in Marietta, Georgia, we were right about a half a mile from Dobbins Air Force Base. <laughs> Half an hour later, the sirens went off at Dobbins, and they scrambled every fighter they had. And where our dealership sat was on the was on the uh, the flyway coming into Hartsfield. <laughs> yeah, every plane the rest of the day you could look up in the sky, and every passenger plane had a fighter escorting it down to the ground. Yeah, until they, they, and remember this, right? They cleared the skies. Mm-hmm. And you can go back and you know look at YouTube on nine eleven from air traffic control, and you can watch them put every airplane in the country on the ground in unbelievable time span.
0: Scott, in relation to the World Trade Center getting hit, what about the uh, about when did the Pentagon
4: and and the um, Pennsylvania? Uh,
0: Hayfield.
4: So, so r- roughly uh, right uh, early uh, Earlyish morning, early ish morning yeah. was when the two, uh, towers were hit shortly after that, maybe an hour and a half later was when the Pentagon was hit that long. Yeah. And then that's when they were scrambling, trying to figure, trying to get all the planes on the ground. And then that's when they identified the plane that had, was flying erratically that had turned itself back towards, uh, Washington DC. And, we kind of all figured – everybody kind of figured that that plane was either headed to the Capitol or to the White House. Yeah. That was the last uh, symbolic thing. They couldn't find the White House for some reason. Well, well, I mean they couldn't find it because those brave souls uh, mm-hmm. decided to you know, to to do whatever they had to to make sure that th- those people could not do any more damage with that plane. And they sacrificed their lives. And there's a memorial in that Pennsylvania field to this day that reminds people of the, uh, the heroism – of those individuals that gave up their lives. I mean, they gave their lives up knowing that. That th- famous phrase, let's roll. Yes.
6: Do you and, realize that the, uh, the the last plane that went down in that field, they scrambled <clears throat> the jets, and the jets were scrambled, and they was under a treaty with the Russia that we downsized the, no, we didn't carry the live missiles on the planes. And uh, their, her order was to ram the jet and she's probably gonna kill herself. But before they got there, the jet went down, and she yeah. was going to ram the F sixteen into the jet.
4: Yep, I saw that interview. Yeah, that past a- week. And then yeah. we all remember the Yankee game when uh, George George Bush George W walked out onto the field and went and went to the mound and threw a perfect strike. Yeah. And I cannot imagine the pressure, <laughs> the pressure you were under to Because I mean, people bounce them and throw it wild. Oh, he yeah. threw, if you watched the video, it was a perfect strike right down the middle.
0: Yeah, we saw the clips, uh, Scott. You know, Derek Jeter
4: put a little uh, he put a little heat on on the yeah. pro- President Bush <laughs> about doing all that, and, and the world was watching. You know how quickly, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know the first responders. I mean. We we do so many things, especially up in Nashville, right? We recognize the traumas that first responders go through and make sure that they have the help and the insurance and the protections that they need. And, you know, we put out grants for the money, right, to buy the equipment. Mm -hmm. But in New York and other places, when when the alarm goes off that people are in trouble, and face it, we're all running away. These individuals are running into the problem. And they're not really thinking about, am I going to come out of this or not? That their job is to go and save lives, and you know, you watch the videos from nine eleven of, of the firemen just running in, the, running into the World Trade Center, organizing and hearing those big booms mm-hmm. of people having to make the ultimate decision: am I going to burn to death or am I going to jump? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And just the whole tragedy of the whole situation, and then the anger of a country as powerful as we are mobilizing right and and exacting and let's face it exacting revenge on those that took the lives of americans and and it's it's been a time when our country was we weren't democrats and republicans proposing bills to do this or that we weren't independents we weren't black or white we were americans that had had enough and they passed a big act called the U.S. Patriot Act right yeah. afterwards. Yeah, we can argue about that one. That one we're going to argue about a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I understand I understand the auspice for the Patriot Act because we had to figure out how many people had infiltrated our country and try to figure out where they were. I think that there's times when the Patriot Act is overused by the Department of Justice and the FBI. I think we need to maybe rein them in a little bit. But, you know, it was a t- – Tragedies in our countries have always united us. Yeah. Pearl Harbor, right? When JFK was assassinated, it wasn't Republicans and Democrats. It was like our our president was assassinated, and so um, you know we need to figure out how we can get back to that time—not that anger part of the time, but when people were civil with each other mm-hmm. and talking to each other and listening to each other. You have to agree with each other. But it
6: shows you how resilient the American people are. After that happened, it was a somber day, and I remember that day like it was yesterday because I, I remember what I was doing that day. But, uh, but what were you doing, Coach? You know, actually, you know, we had King's Auto Sales for 25 years, yeah. and uh, it was auction day up at Goodlettsville. And so uh, before I left the house, they come across news, a plane hit the uh, traits and I'm thinking, well, small, Cessna plane. Somebody had a heart attack and went on to the lot. Loaded up, the, the car hauler took off and listened to radio and got more and more. And all of a sudden, get to auction, walk in the auction. and This guy come running at me and said, we're under attack. They flew another plane into the building. And, of course, the auction ceased. Mm-hmm. And I never get the journey back to Columbia. And the interstate was like a ghost town. And I said, wow. And the, we was listening to radio, and I stopped at Kmart and bought shotgun shells. We're under attack, you know. I need some <laughs> shotgun shells. <Yeah. laughs> and I got in the Kmart, and I noticed that. Everybody was buying shells. <laughs> wow. And that's, and the, all of a sudden then we were out of shells. But, and then got in the car and drove the interstate. And I says, there's nobody out here, Harley. And so I commenced to run 90, 95 miles an hour. And I thought, well, this is pretty cool. And then, you know, uh-huh. but maybe made back to Columbia. And of course we shut the lot and went to house and watched TV. But, uh, America was back up and running the next day, mm-hmm. you know, just to show you how resilient American people are. We was back up running and, uh, and uh, we had a interesting search service that Wednesday night. Never get it. We had a, a blackout. Never get that. The lights went out at church. And I think uh, at the church that night, there was 23 people got saved at church that night. Mm-hmm. You know, the lights came back on, and you didn't know what it was. But it didn't it didn't matter. But uh, it, it, we watched the march of it, and, uh, and we watched America unite, and we watched America come out the other end of the light, a better country. Mm-hmm. But— That's, you know, that's unfortunate that we have to – that tragic accident has to happen for us to all come together. Right now we're a divided country, so, you know, I hope nothing like that happens that we have to come back together. But we need to find a way that we can get together and work things out better. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, you know, there have been two or three – I have a feeling there have been two or three major stops by a lot of enforcement agencies in the United States, and we don't know – it's never been told to the public, you know, how close we've probably come. Uh, two or three times mm-hmm. since then, mm-hmm. and you know the warning signs were there. Uh, you know there was a bomb that went off in the World Trade Center before, down in the garage, mm-hmm. yeah, basement. Nice, right. but- yeah, it didn't do any. You know, didn't do much. We we yeah. should have we should have kind of figured it out when uh, in Lebanon, um, the country of Lebanon, when they had the Beirut uh, and they killed two hundred and seventy Marines in, in their barracks when when a bomb went off, or with the USS Rodney Cole when they when they did a. Um, when they did, a um, a ship went up there and and blew up uh, uh, or tried to blow up a big hole in a destroyer, and we didn't take heed of that. Well, the World Trade Center woke us up. It did. It woke the giant You know, we were downtown. There was a coffee shop downtown, and a bunch of us had a coffee group, and it was around eight-ish or so that we usually get together. And I do remember that the Morgan Stanley people who were next door came by and said, turn on the TV there's uh you know the world trade center got hit so we turned on the tv and we're like everybody else we were sitting there and we were looking at it and everybody's kind of in shock you're kind of you know and there's a lot of banner going back what happened how did that happen what could this be and all that kind of thing and then we all saw the second plane hit and it got real clear you know because there was a lot
2: of doubt with the first one wasn't any doubt after that second one mm-hmm. What was going on? Right. I was in, I was in Phoenix, Arizona on a business trip and actually flew home Monday evening from Phoenix to Nashville. Wow. And on my way into the office Tuesday morning, I was running about 30 or 45 minutes late. And, you know, when I walked in, I think the first plane had already hit. And then the second one hit just shortly after. But,
0: uh, yeah.
6: Yeah. Did anybody know anybody that was in the World Trade Center or in the Pentagon? Mm -hmm. I had a uh, guy that I finished high school with, Robert McCaleb. He was a West Point cadet. He went to West Point right out of high school in '77, and and he lived on Virginia Avenue. And he was in the Pentagon that day. And I had, and I got the opportunity to talk to him two days later. I called him and checked on him, and and he was he was a angry major. <laughs> He's mad, huh? He was. He was mad, and he t- he told me, and my nickname was Dick in high school. He said, "Dick, we fix and get these guys back. We fix and get them back. We fix hit them hard." Yeah. And so uh, he just retired uh, 36 years. He lived in Huntsville, Alabama, and uh, got to spend some time with him here all back. We, we went back and talked about that date again.
0: You know, there's all kind of takes that you can put on the thing. Uh, it was interesting. I had a bro- I've got a brother an architect, and he was uh, flying back uh, from Anchorage, Alaska at a- for doing a hospital job for the city of Anchorage. And he was over— uh, Kansas City at the time in a plane and the first thing the FAA did is they put every single plane on the ground to the nearest airport and they put them down at Kansas City and of course they had no idea what was going on you know the, uh, they didn't they don't tell them anything but of course everybody still had a cell phone and they told them not use your cell phone but guess what everybody did <laughs> they used their cell phones <laughs> and so they're sitting on the back of a tarmac and uh and I asked him uh, he called me, and I remember getting the phone call. There wasn't any "hello, how are you, what's going on." First words out of his mouth were, "Or what the you know what is going beep, on? Beep, beep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What is going on? And what? And it's kind of funny his take on it, and it really was a pretty good take. Uh, he and a couple of engineers sitting in the back of the plane, their thought was before they knew that somebody set off a suitcase nuke in New York City, and you know that's. That's a pretty probable yeah. circumstance that that, that, it, that it could have been. You know? So they wound up getting off the plane, going to the Hertz rental ca- uh, counter, and they re- rented a car and they drove back from Kansas City instead of trying to wait for another plane.
6: But, Scott, you know, this mastermind of that, how long did it take them to sit there in the caves in Afghanistan to figure that out, to do that? It, it was
2: it was well, I think amazing. They, they said that they had watched flight patterns for years. Yeah. were well, are Saudis. And Bin Laden and knew what flights would have. Not a lot of passengers, you know, on a large plane that could do the, the greatest amount of damage. And yeah, just
0: what well, they wanted, a full load of fuel, mm-hmm. you know, is,
4: is what, is what
0: they really want. Yep. So,
4: so remember, and never forget those individuals that paid the ultimate sacrifice on nine 11, those first responders that gave their lives to save others and those families that will forever be um, be uh, scarred by that very, very bad day in American history that brought us all together. So we'll yeah. be back after we take these commercials.
3: Hi, I'm Columbia Kiwanis Club member Suzanne Ganser. The Kiwanis Club and Columbia Main Street are partnering to put on a fall fest with a chili cook-off downtown Saturday, September 30th from 3 to 7. Come enjoy the music, taste the chili, or enter the cook-off. Proceeds raised by the Kiwanis go to local kids' charities. For more information or to enter the cook-off, go to the Columbia Kiwanis Facebook page. Come to enjoy the food, kids' zone, and music at this family-friendly event. We hope to see you there.
5: You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. NASCAR playoffs weekend at Talladega, September 30th through October 1st. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com
4: You're listening to the best in news, talk, sports, and music on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee.
0: This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. All right, folks, we're back with Inside Middle Tennessee, and we're going to have a little bit more of a fun topic. We get to enjoy football time in Tennessee. Guys, it's, it's great. We've got junior high, well, I say junior high, middle school, high school, college, even the pros have started up. But I tell you what, Butch, I, you had a little something you wanted to, to uh, talk about real fast. And yeah. I'll let, you, I'll let you give that point real again, fast, and then, and then we'll go to our regular stuff. Yep.
2: Normally, I love to promote our, our Central Line football team, but when, when we know about good things going on with any of our student athletes out at Columbia Central, we like to bring that to, to everyone's attention. We've got a young lady, a senior at Columbia Central, Kiana Edwards, who is a member of our Lady Lion rugby team that attended a uh, U.S. rugby development camp uh, in Maryland back in July and performed so well that she received an invitation uh, to join the U.S. under eighteen rugby team in the world or the global sevens tournament in New Zealand in December? So a huge honor for Kiana uh, to receive an opportunity to represent the U.S. and New Zealand in December. And to, to, to help make that happen, she's got a GoFundMe page. Uh, she, she is due to attend uh, a training camp, I believe, in San Diego uh, sometime prior to that. And so she's responsible for travel to and from San Diego and then also to Los Angeles, where they will then depart and go to New Zealand. So uh, they have a GoFundMe page created for her. Rugby dreams become reality uh, that she's seeking uh, help to raise those funds uh, so she can uh, make it to the Global Sevens Rugby Tournament in December to represent the U.S. Under-18 rugby team.
0: All right, the name of that page?
2: It is Rugby Dreams Become Reality. Young lady, Kiana Edwards, a senior uh, honor student at Columbia Central, outstanding uh, member of our Lady Line rugby team. Uh, A huge opportunity to represent the, the U.S. and New Zealand in December.
0: Good deal. Yep. Great. Coach, you've had a you had a really good game here this last uh week and uh, y'all are looking like you got a pretty solid solid team going out of
6: We do. We've it's a uh, been a work in progress, but right now we put the uh pieces, always is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, most definitely. But uh you know, I was scratching my head in springtime. We had a spring football when we uh scrimmaged uh, Battle Creek up here at uh, Ridley Park, beautiful park out there, beautiful field they got, and uh, we looked pretty good, but I was still scratching my head going out of that. I don't know what kind of team we have, and so we met back after a dead period and uh, commenced to working pretty hard and and started putting the pieces of the puzzle together, and at at a certain point I realized we're going to be pretty good, and so right now we're a pretty good football team.
0: You know, hey uh, Scott, is there a coach on a planet that's ever satisfied with their football team?
4: L- losing ones are.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh man, losing ones are. <laughs>
0: you know, what yeah. all you got, Scott? I know you got a. We got a lot a of stuff going school, on today. Yeah. We
4: got high school going on today. Uh, Columbia Academy will travel to J- Donaldson Christian. Very tough, very tough region matchup right there. Uh, Columbia will be at Lawrenceburg, like we talked about tonight. Both teams two and two, looking to get that winning get that winning record going on. Um, I lost my train of thought. Um, Marshall County, sorry. Marshall County will be uh, at White House. Summit will be at Brentwood. Cornersville will be at Richland. That'll be a very, very well well attended football game. And then Spring Hill takes on uh, James Lawson. Don't, no idea who that is. I mean, no, that's a new school uh, That natural. is? Astral it's, school? It's the new Hillwood. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's and, right.
6: And as of right now, they're undefeated. Yeah, they're a pretty good football mm-hmm.
2: team. Uh, I thought they lost last week. I thought they won. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, well, see. they either won or lost. How about that? Yeah. Can we agree, can we
4: agree
6: on that? <laughs> I, I don't think it will matter.
4: <laughs> and then and then the game of the week will be uh, uh, Summertown at Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant is still undefeated at 4-0. Summertown comes in limping in at 0 and four, look for the, yeah. the, the the Tigers to continue their winning ways. Uh, that is our game of the week. Game time will be uh, will be on the air at
1: We'll be on the air at five thirty on one oh one point seven and then uh, we will be the kickoff will be around seven also on one o one point seven.
4: You can tune in. Like you said, it'll be a perfect, an absolute perfect night to watch football. Mm-hmm. Get out and support these teams. There's a lot of really good, really good football uh, going on around Murray County because the only, only team that's home is going to be Mount Pleasant. Right. <laughs> so if you want to see, you have to go to either Lawrenceburg or Marshall County. Just There's a lot, a lot of good things to do tonight. College football-wise, um, the big game that everybody's watching this week is Tennessee, Florida. Uh, I looked at, at this morning at ESPN, the FPI Computer rankings give Tennessee only a fifty-four percent chance of winning, mm. so they must see something in Florida that I don't. I don't. Yeah, it's called it the swamp. Well, I, <laughs> I guess, but That's I mean, true. I mean, there's something going on there that 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 that. The, The computers just don't like about Tennessee on on this road game because I watched Florida play that first game of the year and they did not look that good of a football team. But evidently, um, I guess it is the history of Tennessee, Florida, and you never know what can happen.
0: I saw where Tennessee, I think, is a seven and a half point favorite, but it's still
4: and Tennessee comes in ranked eleventh in the country. Um, You know they did struggle last week against UT Martin, was it? No, Austin Austin P. P. Austin P, Austin P. P. Austin P. And then the week before they struggled with Martin. Uh, No, Virginia. Was it Virginia? Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking Georgia. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Georgia. Um, And so, you know, I guess we really don't know what Tennessee has right now because they haven't really been tested by one of those big SEC schools. And, And
1: why would you show everything you
4: got? Well, that's true, but you know, I mean, people were, sw- i tell you what, I, I was getting texts <laughs> from Neal against Austin Peay, and there were a lot of nervous uh, uh, p- volunteer fans. Yes, oh, there was. And, you know,
0: college football is so, in particular the SEC, <clears throat> is so topsy-turvy right now compared to what it is. Who would think that two games into the season, you got Alabama, LSU, South Carolina, um, and Florida Though I mean three, three or four with blue, buds, them, blue, blue I mean, mainstays in the conference all have a loss. That's correct.
1: Vanderbilt too, I believe. Yeah, that's right.
2: A and M too. About that one. A and
0: M. You're right. Mm-hmm. Who who would have guessed?
2: Well, in Florida's Florida's loss in the first game was to Utah, Utah which which is which, a good team. which will good probably team. be the Pac-12 North champions. So. Yeah. Now, not to, not to minimize that, still hoping uh, Tennessee pulls up. But they didn't
0: the look good in it either, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was a close the,
4: game. The thing that's very interesting is when you watch the television broadcast now, right, you'll see an announcement that says uh, running back, uh, Jim Ross, transfer from so-and-so, right? That's all it is right now is all these kids are, hey, this is so-and-so, transfer from. This transfer portal is really jacking up college football right now. It is. Because well, look you, at Ole Miss. Well, it's that, and you've got, uh, like you, okay. Look Colorado. Colorado, right? 86 coach, 86 new scholarship players. Basically 100% turnover. Right. They only got eight scholarship players left from a team. Now, Dion came in and did say, y'all didn't win a game last year. Yeah, bring so my luggage with me. We're going somewhere different. Yep. I mean, and, and I get it. But if the thing that is dangerous about Colorado is if Dion is able to win. You've just told every college coach in the country who's struggling how to rebuild your roster. And for the ADs, the athletic directors and the boosters, their patient just went their patience just went to zero. Because if you can put eighty six new scholarship athletes, and it wasn't all at one time, he had to build this team. If you can put 86 scholarship athletes and let's say Dion makes it to the Pac-12 championship. Every yeah. college coach has just been sent a message of you better go out and find your athletes instead of go to the high schools. Well,
2: in a school like Colorado, the resources they have mm-hmm. compared to a Texas A&M. Correct. If Jimbo Fisher is let go this year, what resources are made available to whoever they hire to basically flip the roster, you're did talking you, just did you, did unlimited you, uh, funds.
6: Logo that every university going to have billboards up everywhere. Show me the money. It's all about the money. Show me the money.
4: And, and if you're and if you're one of these transfer portal kids, right? Like there was some game I was watching that there was a kid who played at Oklahoma, transferred to Alabama, went transferred to Kansas State, and is now playing for someone else in their fourth year. That's nil money. That's it. That's all it is. Is hey, this I'm a good football player, coach. How much you pay me to come to your university? Yeah, and what and what these kids are doing is they're using the transfer portal for financial gains. Mm-hmm. And now we're becoming free agents. Yep. It'd be just like in high school, right? Why don't we have Why don't we have the transfer portal in high school and and name name image and likeness in high school? Because what would happen is every private school in the state would be paying the best kids to come to their schools. Well, and, and we're somebody, kind of seeing some of that, though.
6: Somebody's got to pay taxes on that money, though. Yeah. Or, I mean, who's going to pay that?
4: That's the whole thing is who's paying the taxes? That's it. And the other problem is the kid who transferred to the four different schools, should he get to keep that money when he transfers to another school the next year? Because he didn't make any commitment to that school kind of depends on the contract so that's what we think what's going to happen with this all is the federal government and state governments are going to step in to start to regulate this
0: well now the NCAA has already stepped in and regulated to some extent
4: well they've they've slapped a the hand
0: like I said to some extent yeah,
4: it, it, you're going to have to figure out and I get it right you get recruited by a team and it's not what you thought and you're not fitting in and you want to transfer I get it you make you make a mistake you want to try to rectify that But this thing where they're transferring every year, Spencer Rattler, left Oklahoma, went to Washington State for two weeks, and then all of a sudden, boom, shows up in South Carolina. Why do you think? Yeah. Because they paid him money. Yep. So that's the problem we're going to have. And then what what you start to see is these, these college programs that are very, very successful, the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Alabamas, et cetera, who build their programs from the freshman levels, right? And, and train these kids and get them bought in and get them built up. These kids aren't hanging around anymore. Mm-hmm. And so what you're starting to see is, I mean, I, I watched Ohio State play. That's not the Ohio State it used to be. The thing, the question I had, like Michigan looks like they're for real, but it's because they're all full of seniors. Yeah. And they, yeah. they see that if they all hang together, they got a shot to win a national title.
2: You mentioned Spencer Rattler. Any chance uh he has another Tennessee moment against the Bulldogs this well, uh, weekend. Uh,
4: who knows? No. I mean I I'll be <laughs> I, no and then and then you know you look at Georgia, right? And they lost so many people. And uh U T Martin. I mean, we we're watching that score when we were at I think I don't know, we were at Memphis watching that score and people were shocked that it was like six nothing.
2: It was very close, I, I think, mean, in the first quarter. Right. So. And
4: so it's A lot of parody in college football. Uh, Very interesting. Uh, The main game in the SEC this week is going to be Tennessee, Florida. Uh, Everybody else, LSU, Mississippi State, Kansas State, Missouri, South Carolina, Georgia, uh, Alabama, South Florida, uh, University of Louisiana Monroe at Texas A&M, Sanford at Auburn, Vanderbilt at UNLV, Georgia Tech at Ole Miss, BYU (coughs) at Arkansas, and Akron at Kentucky. So really aside from Tennessee, and Florida uh next week when we really start to get into the meat to the to the of the schedule the finally. Schedule, right.
6: What happens if LSU travels to Mississippi State, which Mississippi State's undefeated and Mississippi State pulls that upset? I know. Ooh.
0: <laughs> I think Brian Kelly's on a hot seat.
6: He is.
2: Very hot yeah. seat.
4: Yeah. I mean it's and that's a year. I mean he took L S U to the to the SEC championship last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a year later, they're already talking about running him out of town. Because yeah. because you you don't get the time to build a program anymore. No, you don't. Well you with,
2: don't. with Orgeron they won the national championship. What in twenty nineteen he signs a huge extension and then I don't think it was twenty twenty but twenty one yeah. he was gone. Gone. So yeah. Oh, Paul yeah, Christmas Paul, Paul yeah. Christ <laughs> Chris
4: at Wisconsin is a classic example of impatience, right? What he had Wisconsin I was there like ten years, eleven years Winning 9, 10 games a year. Sometimes they have a great year and win eleven. Right, just this very good, stable program has one bad year and he's gone, gone. Yeah. And and now we have Luke Fickle. And boy, I talk talk about people. A lot of rumbling up in Wisconsin right now. We're throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game, and people are like, going, we've got the best running back in the country, best line. and we're not, and, we'll, and we're not using them." And so this is the problem. I mean, this, there's a lot of problems with college football right now. Uh, the problem is there. The, the problem there is not is the love for it. Yeah, People love, love college football. Especially, oh, in especially a big way. Everybody looks forward to high school football and college football because it's one thing that brings us all together, right? Even though we, we argue, like Coach is a big Bama fan, and I'll tease him about Bama, boy, we still love football. Oh yeah, we still love to watch football. So, uh, and by the way, there, as a side note, the Chargers are coming to play the Titans. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, boy, you talk about it, you talk about a
0: short leash. Boy, there's a, a oh. everybody's getting after Tannehill in yeah. a big way right now. Well. Oh,
4: well, the window, windows of opportunity NFL open and close because you you set up your team to make a run because of the salary cap. You're going to eventually get killed by it, right? Yeah. And the window with Derrick Henry is is closing. It, it, it's starting to close. How about this? How about the Jets paying all that money Ooh. and all that time for four, three plays? Wow. Three, three yeah. plays. So Aaron Rodgers. And he's done for a year.
0: Yeah. And, and, and all the and he
4: still gets paid, and he still gets thirty million dollars mm-hmm. for three plays. That is that well, is a contract right 10 there. Ten million to play. Yeah, to for, for <laughs> people who aren't aware of that Aaron Rodgers goes in and pops an Achilles
0: tendon he blows and blows it out, blows it out, <laughs> ro- rolls up like a window shade, and he's thirty nine years old. He says he's coming back. I don't at thirty nine. I don't think you're coming back from from that severe an injury at well, that age. Well, twenty
4: nine. That's one thing. Why not? I mean, come they, back. They pay him. They pay him. Yeah, come back. I mean, come back and cash a check for another $30, 30 <laughs> yeah, million. Back too. I'll come back until you tell me you don't want me back anymore. <laughs> uh, but here's what's interesting. And it's already started, right? Well, the Jets are not going to win with Zach Wilson. Who can we get? Tom Brady. Who's sitting out there? <laughs> but they
6: won with Zach
1: Wilson.
4: They, well, they won. They come from behind. Quote unquote, they won. But. I, I now that the, right the, the Brady watch is gonna be oh, yeah. you know, like if Brady would if Brady would take a plane to go shopping in New York right now, <laughs> it'd be national news. It would be
1: or come to Tennessee.
4: Right. Or come <laughs> to Tennessee. You, you know? ought to do it just for funsies. Well know? just to stir the pot. <laughs> I mean <laughs> did, did you see him though on the sidelines? Mm-hmm. Now, he looks like he's in great perfect shot. perfect. He could be like twenty years old. Yeah. Whatever he's found with the fountain of youth, now it could be the millions he spends on nutritionists and trainers. <laughs> but whatever he's found, if he could bottle that, boy, he could sell it to everybody because he looks like he could step on a field right now and play. Mm. And maybe there's some owner out there that will make it worth his while. I was gonna say
0: they, they feed him enough, you know, and he's uh, he no longer has a uh, a wife chirping in his ear. It might because uh, he's, he's about,
4: not. Remember, he's not in the booth, so he's and he's attending. Football games. Yeah. What if, you know, Jerry Jones picks up the phone? Yeah. Or San Francisco picks up the phone. Or New York. I mean, you put enough zeros in front of Tom Brady, he might come out and throw the football for
6: And you. we all know that phone has been ringing. Absolutely. Most definitely.
4: <laughs> and the question is 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 how much? That's it. Oh yeah. How much you want, Tom? Well, that's oh, what yeah.
6: Tom Brady says. Happy trails, folks. So don't
4: forget our <laughs> our radio broadcast game tonight is uh Summertown at Mount is that right? Summer yeah. Summertime at Mount Downtown Pleasant.
1: Summertime, Mount Pleasant, on uh, one hundred and one, starting at five thirty, and we'll have Columbia Central on one hundred and three, starting at uh, seven o'clock.
4: What about the weekend? And the Braves clinched, didn't they? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. They, yep. They're in the Braves are on again. Uh, they play all. They're playing amazing baseball. We have them Saturday at two.